On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be talking about how sometimes when you're on vacation, it still mimics your everyday life and how it's always important to remember that we shouldn't judge people when we're just seeing part of a situation. With that shared, cue the music. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. I am Michelle, and I'm here with Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you, Michelle? Don't I sound bright and bubbly? Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm yes, feeling a little do. bit bright and bubbly today, um, getting a lot of things done around the house. Uh, oh, the jet lag, you. it's subsiding just a little bit, and... Yeah, doing good. So we are going to be talking about cruise things today or things that happened during our vacation, but we are going to connect them to real life situations, things that can happen in the real everyday world. And the first thing I would like to talk about is we did have an experience as we were getting ready to board the ship that kind of sparked some debate and some food for thought. Suzanne, since you were really the victim in all this, the biggest victim. Do you want to share what happened? Well, I, I'll be happy to share. And I'm glad you're giving me the opportunity to share because it really is my story. <laughs> and I'm st I'm trying to think though, what, where is the debate in all this? There is no debate. Well, well, there is no debate. Yeah. It just is how it transitions or translates into right. everyday life. Right. So, and I'm throwing my husband under the bus. So if you don't want to listen to me. Not the first time. Right. But this is a big one. And if you don't want to listen to it, that's okay. Just fast forward this podcast to the next segment. But my husband tends to lose things or my husband tends to worry about losing things. And so I've spent my entire adult life with him and he loses everything or he thinks he's lost everything. And so over the years, I have come to know I need to double check. I need to ask him, do you have your wallet? Do you have your keys? Do you have your comb? Do you have, I mean, I could go through a list of a hundred things. Do you have it? And so when we left our hotel, I said, do you have your passport? And without looking, he said, yes, I do. Now we can fast forward to the cruise ship. And I said to him again, get your passport out. Do you have your passport? Yes, I do. And he went to the pocket where he always keeps his passport and it was not there. And you can't get on a cruise ship without a passport. And he went into panic mode and started taking everything out of his briefcase, everything out of his carry-on, everything out of his suitcase. He was doing the pocket pat down. Where did it go? Oh my God, I've lost my passport. And the more he did that, the more pissed off I got, without a doubt. You guys all jump into action and you're looking for his passport and everyone's going through all the bags looking for his passport. And I'm just standing there pissed. My blood is boiling. I'm like, of course you lost your passport. And my mind was already like, well, I guess we're going to book a flight home. Well, am I going to get on this ship without him or and leave him stranded here? I was already fast forwarding to that. Then we had the driver that brought us to the ship. 
helping. And then we had the pursers who do the bags helping find the passport. So we had, I don't know, 10, 15 people around us all helping Jeff find his stupid passport. And I did my, where did you have it last? Which my entire family hates it when I say it, because growing up, I would say to the kids whenever they'd lose something, well, where did you have it last? And they all snap at me and say, if I knew where I had it last, it wouldn't be lost, would it, mom? You know, and again, another big, big pet peeve of mine, because if you go back and think for a minute, you usually find it. And so I came up to him and I said, where did you have it last? And he couldn't remember. He was already in panic mode. And you were actually the one that said, well, you had to have had it at the hotel. Because when we checked into the hotel, they asked for our passports. But then Jeff goes into the, well, he must not have given it back to me. (laughs) It's his fault. It's the guy at the hotel's fault. And so then I had visions of, okay, so are we going to go back to the hotel and look for it? But I did say, okay, well, what were you wearing when he took our passport at the hotel? Because my experience says it's in whatever he was wearing. It's in the pocket of his coat. It's in the pocket of his jeans. That's where we're going to find his passport. So I said, where is the jacket you were wearing? He pulls it out and voila, there's the passport. And I was pissed and he got a round of applause from everyone there. Which only pissed pissed you off more. more. Yep. I was furious because it's like, wait just a minute. (laughs) You didn't find your passport. I found your passport because I was the one that did what I always do and say, where did you have it last? And everyone was so relieved. They were overjoyed that Jeff found his passport. Oh, Jeff, the hero, finds his passport that he never really lost. He just didn't bother to check when I asked him the first time, do you have your passport? Or the second time, because you asked in the car also. Right. Or the third time where I said, you should get your passport out. And, you know, he didn't follow through. He just assumed he did not think about it. And which is, yeah. That's what happens in my family. I call it a humorism. My family gets very defensive when I say that. They don't like that term, but it's a very typical event in my world. And I have no patience for it. Right. And And there was a lot of foreshadowing to this moment (laughs) because I will say several times, a couple of the other people we were traveling with, including myself, all joked about Jeff losing his passport. Not thinking it would really happen, but not being surprised if it were to. And then this happened and it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Yeah. And the fact that everyone was so overjoyed that he found his passport just added fuel to my already blazing fire that I had going. And I was relieved that he found it because I could cancel my mental trip back to the United States. I could cancel my mental idea that I was going to sail without him. I could cancel the divorce papers I was about to file in my head. So I have to ask, did you come to a conclusion as to what you would have done had he not found his passport? Would you have gone on that cruise and said, sayonara, buddy? Or would you have um, gone with him? No, I probably would would not have gotten on the cruise. And In my mind, that's what I wanted to do, 
I wanted to get on that cruise ship and just leave him behind. He probably would have felt so bad that he would have insisted that I get go on the cruise. But then I would have been mad the whole cruise. And I thought to myself, if it were reversed, there's no way I would have wanted to be left in a foreign country without someone. You know, I wouldn't have wanted to deal with that on my own. So I probably would have stayed back with him and we would have gone back to the United States. And I probably, yeah, I don't know after that where it would have gone. But yeah, it wouldn't have gone anywhere pleasant, I'm sure. But I will say that it was trickling down because I was having those same thoughts, too. Like we're traveling as a group of six and, you know, we already made the decision leaving the hotel that we were all in this together. So it really was Weighing yeah. on my mind too. Like, what are we going to do? Are none of us getting on the cruise? Are just four of us? Right. Like, what's the right thing to do? And it was very, very stressful. It was. <laughs> I will say. It went on long enough that it became stressful for everyone, including the pursers, including the driver, including everyone involved. You know, it was, it wasn't like, oh, five minutes and we found it. It was a good. I don't know, 15, 20, 25 minutes before we actually located that passport. And right. then Rob later made a really good point that had we gone on the motor coach where they collected our bags for us because he had put the jacket in one of his bigger suitcases, not his carry-on, we wouldn't have been able to get to those bags that the ship takes care of and wouldn't have no- we would have never found the passport. Earlier, I was talking about where kind of a debate came in. What I was thinking about was here, everybody is clapping and they're so happy for Jeff that he found his passport. It's a relief. And that's what everyone is feeling is relief. But you're still furious because those people don't know the backstory of things. And so in that moment, you're the one that looks like a grump. You're the one that looks like you're being not reasonable and how unfair that is um, to you because, you know, people only see part of the story and not the whole thing. And so we did have discussion and debate about that also. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Well, and I appreciate you making that point because this is not the first time that I come out looking like the bad, (laughs) bad guy and Jeff comes out looking like the hero because he found his passport or whatever it is he lost. And people grow very impatient with me because I get upset about it. But I've been down this road a thousand times with him. It's just one of those quirks about him that I've learned to live with. But when it happens, it's all his credit card. I mean, how many times has he lost a credit card where I've had to go pick it up because, it, you know, he left it at a restaurant and and or how many credit cards have we had to cancel because he he left it behind somewhere i've been down this road a thousand times and you're absolutely right no one who judges me <laughs> understands that i've done this a thousand times and and it's a quirk of his that is just not fixable it's just what he does 
Right. And that that happens in your everyday life with your husband, but that can be expanded out to situations like you're trying to check into a hotel and they don't have the right room. And so you're reacting to that, but other people in line don't know what the situation is. And you're the one looking like you're not being reasonable. And it, right. it happens I'm so much. like a Karen. Yeah. I'm looking like a Karen. Exactly. And I'm not just saying you, I'm just saying other people and how true this is in life. Yes. You know, we're only catching glimpses of situations and we're so quick to be like, wow, that's an overreaction when, you know, we don't know the bigger picture, but we all do it. It's a human thing. Right. To just jump into the middle of something and assume you know the whole the whole story. So And I do. I walk away from those look Jeff always walks away smelling like a rose. And I walk away from that with people who say, God, I feel bad for him. Look what he's married to. <laughs> She's such a Karen and he's such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he did forget his pants too this time. <laughs> he oh. had to buy a pair of pants in London. I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. I just had to throw you under the bus a little bit more. Because it did happen the last time we went on a cruise too. We, You always have a night before you board the cruise in a hotel. And the last cruise we took on before this one, for whatever reason, he decided to hang his pants in the closet. And then we get on the ship and his pants are still hanging at the hotel. And it's like, really, Jeff, you left the one thing you need because on this ship after 6 p.m., stickler pants. And they were and sticklers. They, yep. So we spent the first half of that cruise looking for pants for Jeff. So at six o'clock in the evening, he could change into pants. And, you know, so you think the man would have learned his lesson, but no, 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 because. He forgot his pants again. And what did we have to do? We had to go buy him pants. And we had to race against the clock to do it, too, because he had to be there by six o'clock to pick them up. And we were just leaving Mama Mia and we didn't right. know if we were going to make it. Because he had to have them altered. You know, he had to have them hemmed. And so we, in one day in London, and a mighty expensive pair of pants, I might add, because he was Quite luxury. He had to have them. Yep, he had to have them because we were going. Not that it was a big surprise to him that he had to have pants because we've been down this road before, but he forgot his pants. Yes, it's just a so, Jeff thing and it's a human thing. And so for all those people out there, when you're witnessing a situation, just remember, you don't know the whole situation. And if someone seems right. to be reacting Negatively. larger than they should or <laughs> negatively, just kind of maybe give them a moment of grace and say, I don't know the whole situation. And right. And and frankly, I, I didn't overreact in that situation. It's not like I was publicly yelling at him. I went silent and I walked away. Yeah, you might have had heat coming from your, your head. <laughs> like we could all see it visibly, <laughs> steam coming from your ears. But no, you didn't make a scene. You just were mad. No. And I think he understood that when you got back to your room. Not that we could hear yes, through the walls or anything, because we couldn't. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, why don't we move on to something else? Good idea. I think we've said enough about my poor husband. Yeah. Good thing he doesn't listen to the episode, but he can't dispute <laughs> it. It happened. So here we go. While we were vacationing, we also had 
many societies that take place when you're on a cruise, like that mimic the real world. You get on the cruise and you're going to find the same groups of people that you find in the real world. And so I thought it was really fascinating and thought maybe we Uh could talk about a couple of them. Right. And we identified them and we labeled them. And we judged them. Which we should never do. Like, I (laughs) am a firm believer of that. Right. But we did. But it was many, it was, it was many societies. And these were pockets of people that we came across over and over again. And because it's a smaller ship with fewer guests, you see the same people. And I would love to know how people classified us. Because you know they did. You know a lot of people saw us over and over again, and we had a title, too, in their minds, without a doubt. Well, maybe when we go through these different titles or different types of people, we can identify ourselves. I think I was the nice one, but that's not really a type of person. (laughs) That's That's not one of our labels. Yeah, that didn't make our short list in people we met. Okay, well, the, the first type of passenger I would love to talk about because I already can place him in this category are the gung ho enthusiastic people on the ship. And mm-hmm. I will absolutely place my husband in this category. He mm-hmm. played almost every ship game there was and mm-hmm. he was in it to win it. He got the mm-hmm. crowd going. He always like everybody referred to him as Rob with two B's. He met uh-huh. everybody on the ship. He was everybody's best friend. He was gung ho about the experience. Um, yeah. And I think I get to take credit for part of that, even though that is truly his personality and he does it very naturally. But I was the one that presented the challenges in our. Oh my group. gosh. We haven't even talked about the challenges. We haven't talked about challenges and, but his challenge per my instructions, were to you earn reward points on the ship. And the more reward points you earn, the more stuff you get at the end of the cruise. On the last day of the cruise, you cash your rewards in. And we decided the six of us would pool our points. And yeah, and then we got to get the the good, what do you call the stuff that we got? The regent wear. The regent wear. Yes. Yeah. Everything is logoed. Right. And it really wasn't about earning that. The po- it, it became about our challenge. And I had a pretty high goal set and he was determined to get it. And he, well, with the help of his team, he got, he earned his points. I think he doubled his challenge points. Yeah. He's a very competitive person anyway. He he likes to mm-hmm. meet all challenges put in front of him. But as you said, it's his personality anyway to get out there to like meet new people, to be that person mm-hmm. on the ship. And in everyday life, we know those people too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And maybe get competitive is another way to describe gung-ho. Because there were a couple of other players that played all of the games that were even more enthusiastic, not necessarily in a good way, um, to win, to earn points. And they it got pretty competitive. Yeah. My husband, during one of those games, on like the very first day, he met this other couple. And you can only have, like later in the day, we were playing trivia, and you can only have six people on your team. And you and I were like the last two up there. And he gave our seats away to 
like other people. So we didn't even get right. to play trivia with our group those first couple days, which. Right. We formed, we formed our own team. We formed our own team. That's correct. And sometimes we beat them and sometimes we didn't. So we'll just leave it at right. that. But on the cruise, right. you always have those gung-ho people. Do you want to introduce the next category? I do. I There's also the entitled group. The group, the pockets of people that we really do not like. The people that come on treat and treat everyone like crap and they think they're entitled and they're usually, and I'm thinking of one particular group. I know the group you're that, thinking of. Yes. It was a group of six to, they were probably 15 years younger than us. And the whole group was very good looking and they were just obnoxiously entitled. And every time they walked in, I was like, here they come again. And they cheated at trivia. And they cheated at trivia. And it's like, don't cheat. Don't stoop to that level. Right. And I really didn't appreciate the way that they talked to the people helping them and just right. the air about them. So they were definitely yeah. entitled. And in this group, I would also throw in the people who are just grumpy. I mean, no matter what you do, you're not going to get them to smile. They're like just curt and kind of rude right. also to people trying to help them out and giving people dirty looks during bingo. Who does that? I know. Well, and complain about everything. Like Regent Seven Seas does a fantastic job. Their service on that ship is impeccable. And boy, you have complainers, which are part of the entitled category as well. I mean, they complain about everything. It's like, oh, for the love of God, let it go. Exactly. And sometimes we complain too, but we're on vacation. We're not going to be complaining about anything. Right. Other than maybe the Christian Dior tour, but that was in another episode. But I will say you're talking about Regent's staff being impeccable. You are so right. We went on our last cruise in October and there were several um, staff members that worked that cruise that when we got on this next one, they had transferred to that ship and they remembered us by name and our drink of choice. And they remembered that you like chicken wings. <laughs> I know. It's like, and they have great chicken wings, just for the record. But it's pretty impressive that we were on that cruise in October. And, you know, maybe that comes across their file, you know, when they're prepping for the next cruise. But the fact that they even do that, I mean, it, it floored me that they knew us by name. They knew what we liked. They went out of their way to find you, Diet Dr. Pepper, which... <laughs> It's yeah, like does that. I had a pretty wonderful experience. I was up walking the track and he brought me a glass of water upstairs, a deck above him. I walked around with it and he came and got it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so above and beyond. How can you not just be so grateful in that moment and ever, you know, lash out at anyone? Like, it's just wonderful. So, yeah. So the people who come across as entitled really don't have any business being there because you can't, you really can't expect better service than what they give us. Exactly. And those people, you know, I, I feel like they're, they're judgy, very judgy. Yeah. And maybe I'm seeing like, after you said, like, you know, we were judging people, maybe I'm seeing us a little bit in that category right now, but I don't think so. I think uh, 
We yeah. were all there just embracing the experience. Yeah, we're going to have to figure out what category we fit into in other people's eyes. Okay, so you introduce the other pocket of people. Well, the next pocket of people would be the Waldos. We've talked about them before. Those people that for some reason have something about them that stands out to you and you seem to run into them everywhere. And you may not have anything in common with them, but by the end of your trip, you find that commonality. So the Waldos. Right. And on the smaller ships, the Where's Waldos of the ship are easier to spot. And, you know, because you kind of get into your groove and they kind of run in the same circuit that you do. You know, they eat dinner at the same time. They do the same events on the ship. They a lot of times have the same interest in the tours or you know, we will see them accidentally run into them in town. Um, so, but on the bigger ships, when we've been on bigger ships, it's a little more challenging to find our Waldo, but they're always there. They're always there. And on this ship, we had a couple that one looked like Weird Al Yankovic, and we saw him 10 times a day, all the time. All the time. He was everywhere. And he turned out to be a pretty nice guy, kind of an eclectic group of people, but it was certainly nice to meet them. And while we're talking about the Waldos, and I didn't list as as a separate like group of people, because there are also people that you're on the same ship with them. And again, it's not a big ship for Mm -hmm. 12 days. That's the duration of our trip this time. And on the last day, I realized I'd never seen him before. We did the Mm -hmm. tour the last day we were in port and everybody on the bus I had never seen before on that ship. And we had just spent 12 days with them. And I found that fascinating too. Like they just blend into the background. They're just part of the noise. And that happens a lot in life too. It should be a category of its own. Well, and when Jeff and I were waiting for our flight, Heathrow Airport, we were in the Delta Lounge and there had to have been 20 couples in the Delta Lounge waiting for their flights. Of those 20 couples flying back to the United States on Delta, I recognized two of the couples. So 18 couples I never saw on the ship, but you could tell because they had their Regent wear gear or, you know, somehow they were identifiable. I sat down next to a couple who were probably 15 years older than us that had been on 10 world cruises. And I know they had clocked in 1,151 nights and we never saw them on the cruise ship, but they were there. They were there making it happen. I just think that's really remarkable. So let's see, we have one more group that we were going to talk about. Do you want to introduce them, Suzanne? Can you remember who they are? (laughs) I was going to say, well, why don't you introduce them and remind me because I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. The other group of people on the ship that we would like to mention today are the people that by the end of the trip, you feel like you have known them all your life or you have been friends for a long time. And yes. They come in as surprises. You're not expecting to meet them. But once you do, it's like, it's just a fit. And you start having dinners with them. And it's just a wonderful experience. It is. And I partly because of Rob's personality, because he's very approachable. And I think people are drawn to him. But usually when you're traveling in a group of six like we do, we're not usually 
looking for friends. We're not looking to meet new people. And this ship is very conducive to meeting other people and becoming friends with them. And yeah, and feeling like we've known you our whole life and having a lot in common with them. They're like people. They're people that we associate with in our real lives. And I do did find that interesting. And we didn't just see it with us, but we saw other pockets of people on the ship where you could tell they were becoming friends with other people on the ship. And Friendships the that are going to last too. Yeah. Not, I mean, and they just, a lot in common. Right. And it is, it's remarkable. And I think it's the first time I experienced it because like I said, we usually travel as a group and we don't put out a lot of effort to become friends with people on the ship. And this time it just kind of happened naturally. It can. And before I say the next thing that I want to say, can you just please say that my personality was inviting on this cruise also? Because that (laughs) was my challenge that I had to meet people and get their name and their hometown. Yes. And let's do it. And you you passed with flying colors. And we had six people, six challenges. Rob's challenge was to earn the points, the reward points. Your challenge was to meet people and find out what their name and where they were from. My challenge was to try every drink on the menu because I'm a wine drinker. I usually don't drink other drinks. And that was my my challenge. Jeff's challenge was to try activities other than the workout room. And he got wrapped up in the activities with Rob earning points and he tried, I think he tried every activity on the ship. Christie's was a good one. She had to buy herself something every single day because she is not a shopper and she never spends money on herself. And she had to buy herself something every single day. And she accomplished it beautifully. And JC had to give up his phone and his Apple Watch. And it started for the entire cruise. But because of a few things that happened at home where he had to be in touch. He got his phone back, but he didn't have it at dinner. Yes. was very impressive. It was very impressive. And all great challenges. You'll have to think up new challenges for our next adventure. But I do want to say that like when we were, I'm going to go back to when we were talking about those people you feel like you've known all your life. We did meet a couple on this cruise that is also from the Phoenix area. And I think we will keep in touch for many, many years to come. I'm sure we will. And on the last cruise, we, Rob and I also met a couple that we keep in touch with. So like we're just blessed and making new friends that way. And I will say, and I didn't know this woman very well on the ship, but she was wearing a t-shirt and it was for the desert bar, which I asked her if that's near Lake Havasu City. And she says, I winter in Lake Havasu City. And so during my friendly period on the ship, I did meet somebody else who spends quite a bit of time in Lake Havasu. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those are just kind of little micro societies that happen. People that you recognize and can put into different categories. And from what we shared, Suzanne, like what category would you put us in? Well, we were definitely the fun group. We were the group everyone wanted to be with. 
Well, that wasn't a category, actually. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were the ones people want to know for all their life, I would guess. Right. People gravitated to us. And I mean, we were abandoned a couple times. A couple people halfway through the cruise decided we weren't trivia right worthy. Trivia worthy. Right. And yeah, that's okay. But we we were the fun people. Yeah, we, we pushed on from that. Yeah, I may be saying, I may be a little, um, what's the word? Yeah. Standoffish? No, 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 no. <laughs> standoffish? <laughs> we're not standoffish. Well, I didn't know what you were going to say. No, I was going to say, you know, tooting my own horn by calling us the, the fun group. Yeah. Okay, I like the fun group. We can be our own category. Yeah. None of us had our arms crossed. We were all welcoming to new people. We all met new people, and it was just a really fun trip. Yes, it was. Yeah, and so I'm going to, you know, take that into my day-to-day -day life, too, and try and be a little bit more outgoing and put myself out there a little bit more. It is hard to do, and so that's going to be a day-to-day -day challenge for me. That, that's a good challenge for you. I am not, however, going to try every drink on the menu anywhere else. Because okay. there, there were a lot of drinks that ugh, I did not like. I know. I know. I, I felt bad for you, but I wasn't going to help you out there either because I didn't take that challenge on. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we move on to closing? Okay. Well, I think we unpacked a lot today, Suzanne. We got a lot off our chest. We worked through some mm -hmm. things. We, we got to celebrate the different types of people that bring different things into our lives. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, me too. Well, before we end this podcast, I do need to introduce the book that we'll be reading during the month of August. And I'm sure hoping they have an audio version because it looks like a lot of pages here. Oh, okay. Let me see. Oh, that's a whole Q&A thing. Oh, Q&A. That'll be good for a book club. But 306 pages, so not too bad. But the, the book I selected for the month of August is called The Last Thing He Told Me. It is by Laura Dave. I don't know much about this book. Mm, I um, don't like that title at all. Why? Gosh, judgy. <laughs> I am judgy. I don't know anything about the book. But that title alone could be the last thing he told me. You might as well end it before dying. <laughs> well, it might be a missing person mystery. I'll just read the first couple things on the back. Before Owen Michaels disappears, he smuggles a note to his beloved wife of one year. Protect her. Despite her confusion and fear, Hannah Hall knows exactly to whom the note refers. Owen's 16-year-old daughter, Bailey. And then it goes on from there. So it looks like oh. it could be a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. Okay. 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 And it looks like it's also a show on Apple TV. So, hey, you could really? maybe even watch it. <laughs> there we That's go. not fair, but you could. But, you know, why wouldn't it be fair? Because, like, if audio is acceptable, so should, like, watching it on TV. But they do change things on I like, movies I would say they TV. adapt it and they interpret it differently. Yeah, they sure how you do. you would read it. Yes. So with all that shared, Suzanne, I think you're going to take us out with something to sip on. Yes, I am. And based on our podcast today, I think it's very appropriate. We travel not to escape life, but for life, 
not to escape us. Oh my gosh. Right? That's brilliant. I love that. Right. Wow. Unknown. Yeah. We, wow. It's an unknown, but yeah, we travel so, not to escape life, but for life not to escape us. You nailed that, Suzanne. Cheers, everyone. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.